Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blom and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I am so happy to have Michael Delone, who is the current owner of Nunzio's, which is in Collingswood, New Jersey. Michael, thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Uh, thank you for having me. So I, I always do a little bit of history. I feel like I'm redundant when I say this um, when our listeners are listening, but uh, I do some research on every guest that's on the show. Um, you have a deep history within the culinary industry, uh, just from childhood into actual like hands-on experience. So let our listeners know how you learned, like how you learned um, the fe- like the field. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, at the age of like 15, um, it was, I was put in a position where I, I, you know, I needed to find work. Um, my sister had just gotten a job at a local restaurant in Maniunk. Um, so I ended up getting a job there as a busboy. Um, and it was kind of, when I first started there, it kind of, I just fell in love with the fast pace, the, you know, the grind. And, uh, it just kind of made me, um, you know, want to get more interested in how the business works, other parts of it, um, and things like that. So it was, uh, an eye opener for me, um, you know, for sure. Uh, and, you know, just talking with line cooks and the chefs and things like that, I kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. And I, I think that you worked, uh, it was so many out or something. Yeah. Um, so no, yeah. So yes. Um, and you worked there for, for a few years before, you know, I, I believe you graduated high school and went into college for, uh, the, mm, the art institutes. Yes. So when you transitioned into that, like, obviously it's a whole different like aspect because, you know, hands-on experience, it, you know, busing, serving, et cetera, and seeing, you know, the behind the scenes VOH, um, it, it's a different experience entirely from going into school and really kind of going down to the nitty gritty with the techniques and, you know, uh, and whatnot. But when you left, when you graduated, um, you moved into a position, I believe, as a um, as a line cook. So, or no, sorry, a, yes, a, a line cook slash sous chef at a prestigious uh, restaurant that was in, I believe, Philadelphia. So that's where you met the the person, I believe, that inspired you. Yes, Nunzio. So you know, I think going to work young, figuring out if it's something that you like, because. I feel I entered the industry in in the boom of it uh, in the mid 90s and I was young. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, but it was something that my mother actually talked to the uh, chef owner, Derek, uh, who I was working for about, you know, the business. And it was it the right move. Should he go right to school? Should he get experience? Um, And he was like, you know, I would give him some experience in the field before you actually commit to going to culinary school. Yeah. Uh, so I worked a few years and then I kind of just wanted to go to college and get a degree and experience that. Um, 
And it was a great experience, but there's nothing better than the hands-on in the industry itself. Of course. I mean, any any field you work in, there's one thing to like go to school and learn techniques and like the the book related versions of everything. And yes, at, at a culinary school, I'm sure you did a lot of cooking um, while you were learning because that's not something where you could just read. No, <laughs> you <have> no. To, <laughs> you have to actually learn the skills by physically doing them. But um, it's another thing entirely when you're in in that environment and the pressure is on. So what was that like, um, you know, grow, like after you graduated, after you matriculated and, and you were studying under um, Nunzio, ooh, sorry, Nunzio and so, some of the other um, prestigious like Bistro Romano, like you, you and Samuel and son. <laughs> everyone, yeah. everyone knows that in, if you live in Philly or live near Philly, like you will know that logo. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, they are, you know, they're the kings around here for fish. That's a fact. This is very true. And um, I'll use that actually as a liaison into the fact that, you know, in 20, I think 2020 or 2021, um, you you were kind of seeking out a place of your own in Philadelphia and you got a phone call, a very special phone call. Yeah, so I was, um, you know, looking around. Uh, different real estate. I had, I had some connections of people who owned buildings, uh, that they were looking to lease and things like that. So, you know, during that time, you know, the pandemic and all that, I didn't know what to do. Uh, so it was like in limbo, I kind of just let it go for a while. I'm like, you know what, let me just hunker down, lay low, get through this. Uh, and next thing you know, I see a call with Nunzio's name on it. Um, and I'm like, sheesh, I, I haven't talked to him in, in years. Um, so he left a message to call him. So long story short, he asked me, you know, Hey, how are you? You looking you know, do you know anyone looking to buy a restaurant? And I said, actually I am right now. Um, so we kind of engaged in getting all the information together and, uh, you know, it ended up working out. Um, it was just kind of funny how that happened. Uh, you know, I was looking and, my mentor calls me to, you know, to take his place over. Nice. Now moving into Collingswood and taking that place over, um, obviously you had, you know, you have the restaurant itself has a history within Collingswood and individuals who, who are, have been guests in the past kind of come along with a preconceived notion of what the menu is going to be like. So what was it like, you know, taking over that space and, and the menu? It was difficult um, because we decided to keep the name out of respect for him. Uh, and I kind of wanted to leave it open to a point where I didn't want to scare anyone away right away. I kind of want to introduce myself uh, slowly. Um, it was difficult. Um, my style of cooking is a little different. And I was kind of cooking. I was not cooking my style in the beginning. And it was hard. I had to like kind of wake myself up and, and say, you know, I need to get back into what I do to the best of my ability. So we kind of flipped the menu um, a little bit more, you know, it's fresher, cleaner approach, more local, um, not your traditional Italian, but you know, we base our ingredients off of local, but you know, we're, we're still using regional cooking. Uh, and traditional technique and things like that. And it really, 
it really worked in making that move. And I know, obviously, like Italian Italian food, like ranges from like the heavier, creamier side to the more of a Mediterranean, you know, based um, diet and Mediterranean based uh, cuisine, where it's lighter, the seafood. And I know that you are incorporating more of a seafood Mediterranean diet and menu. Yeah, we are doing a seafood driven. It's It's been, always been some of my favorite ingredients to use. And it, it's really been working uh, in our favor of, you know, building our own clientele and things like that. And, you know, we are getting into some pretty bigger changes other than just a menu of a new uh, renovation of the interior, kind of a rebrand uh, within the next few months. Which is exciting because um, I know that, you know, part of part of your ultimate plan down the line is to make it more and more your own um, and also touching base. Uh, like, I, I feel like you're going to keep the tradition of Nunzio a little bit, but you definitely, you know, while having this this restaurant need to make it your own. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, you know, we pay homage to his name and what he has done for me, but it's, it's now getting to the point where even he told me, you know, you need to make this your own and it's time to be you. Um, and that's kind of my goal at this point is to push forward and, and, you know, make my name known in Collingswood and hopefully, you know, keep, keep my place going for as long as he had. Yes. And, you know, distinguishing yourself because you are in that restaurant row area of Collingswood and there are a, a large spackling of Italian restaurants. So, you know, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> have, you know, make making putting your your stamp on on who you are and the signature of what you are trying to develop um, is is a large is is a large undertaking. Um now I will I will go move into a little bit about the fact that you know you offer some of the foods that I absolutely love like octopus you have octopus on your menu and I was just like ooh like I zone in when I see that <laughs> yeah that is actually my probably top ingredient that I do enjoy working with um, it's been on my menu since uh, you know 2010 I think maybe earlier that. Um, you know, executive chef positions I had and uh, things like that. So it's definitely a favorite of mine. Yes, it's a favorite of mine. So I was excited when I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you also offer a variety of different um, specials, I'll say. And I don't mean just special menus, like menu offerings. You, you've done things where you elaborate on um, a particular ingredient and then you build off of that which i thought was very interesting especially when you brought in truffles because oh truffles yeah it's it's been uh some of our uh you know events that we do um have been very well received um like you were saying that the truffle week um typically run it uh one to two weeks we bring in uh white and black truffles from italy um, and the, it's a five course tasting, um, each dish, some dishes get black truffles, some get white, uh, depending on the ingredient. Mm -hmm. Um, we also offer a seafood week. Um, we do Christmas in July with a classic, you know, traditional, um, seven fishes, of seven fishes. 
Uh, and we're also now during uh, August, we're doing a uh, Jersey Blue Crab um, special on August 18th and August 25th. Uh, so we try to keep things going, uh, you know, keep things fresh and um, they're well received. I'm sure that they are. And I looked into the um, the crab, the crab fest because I was curious. Um, are you offering, is it like a la carte? You can purchase each item or does it, is it a taste it like a tasting menu? Yeah, that, that particular offering, uh, we do offer a la carte um, every day. Uh, so if you do come in for those, on those dates, um, we do offer our full menu. Um, this is, a you know, a three course, um, you get a salad, you get your, uh, spaghetti and crabs and you get a, um, dessert, uh, for that particular menu. That makes sense. And I saw, I think on that menu, you'd also add on additional, like if you, <laughs> if you love seafood, like I do, and my whole family does, um, you can add on more crabs. Yeah. So what you get, the menu, you get a half a dozen and we, you can add on half a dozen, a dozen. I mean, <laughs> whatever you would like to do that day. Now, I also noticed like you, I think added on a happy, like a p- pasta happy hour. Yeah, we, that was something that we tried in the past. Um, now on Wednesdays we do, uh, it's a live opera. Okay. Um, so we do have a, uh, Shane Lee, uh, uh, She's a pretty well-known opera singer. Um, comes in on Wednesdays. We offer a small plate menu uh, and our also our a la carte menu. And and it's we've ran it through the summer, um, and it's it's been great. I mean, she's bringing in business. It it's you know we're pulling in people that uh, you know haven't dined with us because they want to experience that and they fall in love with the food, the music, and it's just been a great, uh, a great addition. Now I noticed, um, with that addition that there was a little kind of denotation that there was sangria also. Now, is that a thing where you, you offer the sliced up, um, fruits and club soda or soda, whatever you add in, um, and the people are BYOB? Yes, we, we offer the mix, um, you can bring your own, or we do have a local winery that we are able to kind of offer their wines, um, White Horse Winery. Um, so you can also purchase a bottle of white or a bottle of red through them. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, now, given the reception has been popular, obviously, for Wednesdays, are you going to continue that into the fall? We're, we're kind of thinking about it. Um, I think for sure to run through September with it um, right now. We haven't really nailed anything down, but um, it's looking like we will extend it. Which is exciting. So with the fall also coming into play, are you getting ready to change out a seasonal menu? Yeah, we do. We change every season. Um, you know, there's certain specific staple items that we keep. Um, you know, our pork chop, uh, truffle gnocchi, um, things like that. They, they are a mainstay octopus. Um, but yeah, we do. I try to work with as local as I can. Um, I work with Formasano farms in Vineland, um, throughout the summer, 
um, and into fall. So, you know, trying to stay as local as I can and, and using fall ingredients uh, is definitely exciting. It's one of my favorite seasons. So uh, we always look forward to that. I look forward to it too, especially like the gourds and whatnot to incorporate those into uh, into your menu. Yeah, yeah. All the squashes, pumpkin gnocchi and things like that is always, uh, you know, one of our best sellers. Oh, I'll have to look out for that because I love a good pumpkin, pumpkin gnocchi <laughs> or like base, using uh, pumpkin as a base of your sauce, butternut squash. I mean, there's so much you can do in the fall with all of the the you know, vegetables that are coming in. Absolutely. So, um, you have about a minute left. What else can we look forward to, uh, in the coming months with, with Nunzio and with you? I think the, the biggest thing is, is our rebrand, our, our renovation. Um, the restaurant's going to be beautiful. Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm ready to take that next step. Um, in my journey here in Collingswood, um, uh, you know, so I think that's the biggest thing coming next. That's good. And now where can people find you online and in person and reservations? And oh, uh, before you go, I want to mention the chef's tasting table. <laughs> yes, we do have a chef's tasting table. It seats anywhere from eight, uh, six to 12 people. It's in the kitchen. Um, it's a six course tasting menu. So that it's, it's a great thing. Great for small, you know, intimate gathering. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. And where can we find you online? Uh, nuncios, uh, dot BYOB. And the same is for our Instagram. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on food farms and chefs. Thank you for having me. No problem. And we will be right back after this short break. Join us on Food Farms and Chefs Radio Show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the farmers who make it all possible with co-host Gene Blom and Amaris Pollock with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 97.5 HD2 and at WWDBAM.com and on your smart speaker. Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I'm excited to be able to introduce you to Matthew Titus Sr., who is one of the co-founders of Craft Beer Store, as well as one of the co-founders of Bar Doctors Inc. Matthew, thank you for joining us on the show. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> so initially, I, I saw that you graduated from Philadelphia's Temple University with a engineering degree. How did you transfer into the uh, the hospitality inter- industry? Okay, good question. So, um, my uh, I worked for a company, Alexander Ewing and Associates, uh, architectural firm, and he put me through school in the engineering. And I uh, went out on my own uh, to become a um, a contractor, and in my um, in that journey, I bought apartment complex in Wildwood, New Jersey. And uh, when we prior to the acquisition, I said, "What's with the uh, restaurants and nightclub and all that on the uh, lower level?" And he says, "Well, that comes with it." And that was thirty-four years ago. Oh wow! That was my introduction to the restaurant bar business. At the time, my children were two and four; didn't quite fit with the hours, but. <laughs> 
that's how I, you know, that was, that's how I got started in the business. I've owned that, that was a nightclub and it was a sports bar menu, was a typical sports bar menu. We also bought into a uh, bed and breakfast type of bed. Wildwood wasn't quite ready for bed and breakfast, but it was a place called Bedlands. And I learned, I would hire a chef or a cook and, you know, create. I was, you know, in the beginning, I was a creator. The, uh, I've owned, um, just moving forward, um, I've owned uh, steakhouses. Um, I've owned uh, uh, seafood, just about every type of, uh, you know, I've explored almost every type of menu. I've worked with chefs. The purchase of the craft beer store uh, was done during the pandemic. It was, I was intrigued with craft beer, uh, having taken over 85% of the beer industry. Um, I came, you know, my bars uh, and uh, establishments, you know, you know, the, maybe we had a, a craft, um, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> um, and I was overwhelmed with a little, little, it was a little overwhelming seeing the number, uh, you know, the number of craft beers and the, you know, my, you, in the industry, we always had three distributors, and now we have 18 distributors and 1,200, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, 1,200 different beers that we That's carry at the craft beer store. Yeah. That is a um, lot of beers. Isn't it? And and I thought it was a little overwhelming. And, uh, you know, I, I tried to introduce my son to it in the early stage uh, uh, during the during the acquisition when we were we started with a uh, LOI and he he popped in and looked at it. He said, oh, it's too many beers, too much, too much. <laughs> Not uh, for now. Not for beer lovers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, you know, I, I did the acquisition. Um, I, I started um, the, the culinary side or the, or the menu side, I'll say. Um, I, I kept to a minimum. Having been, you know, I did well in all of the uh, areas. Uh, I mentioned steakhouse. You know, I learned to, uh, to be successful on that end right down to the tacos uh, not that there isn't an art for tacos there's an art for making a ham and cheese sandwich as far as i'm concerned you build it and 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 uh, so what i did was i i i kept it i wanted to keep the food to a minimum because one thing that the that year uh, 2020 during the the pandemic we you know we were leaning more towards to go yeah and packaged and uh outdoor dining and and that's what my other um uh, attraction was um 75 that was a business 75 percent was uh to go 25 percent in-house so the craft beer store uh we we has uh 20 um uh, 20 refrigerated doors uh, that we keep packed solid with uh, a variety of uh, breweries from all over the country. We, we deal with not just the distributors. There are some 
there are some individual breweries uh, that we deal with directly. And we've kept the menu side. I started with like a good, you know, the best roast beef I could find, the best roast pork, the best meatballs. And one of the companies that I used was a butcher, local butcher that had been around forever and just added, you know, brought in a uh, small sandwich, uh, like a club roll sandwich for all those choices, not to mention our famous beer dogs. Our beer dogs have become famous and that's a, uh, in our little setting. And, and that's a, it's a hot dog with sauerkraut that's cooked with, uh, with a stout beer, with Ooh. a stout beer, a different one each week. Some for the most part, you know, we have uh, now we have 42 taps. Uh, when I took over, we had uh, 34 taps, actually 30 beer taps. Now we have 42. Uh, I, I put, um, so, um, and we, uh, Matt Jr., my, my son, um, he's brought a lot to the table with his research. Uh, when he got involved, as I mentioned his comment briefly uh, months before he got involved, as he's now our buyer, he eats and sleeps, researches the uh, craft beer market, and he's become a, you know, an aficionado. Yeah, he is. And he's my go-to. And he's, um, you know, so there's more interest. Um, but Matt uh, manages. Um, I'm, I'm finishing off uh, the business end of it with him and hopefully free up some time uh, to move forward, uh, you know, with a couple more stores. The drive or the opening of additional stores comes easy with bar doctors. And that's only because uh, of the number of listings we have for establishments that are available. So we also buy and sell liquor licenses on a daily basis. So, um, you know, we have access to all of that. And that was the other reasoning for um, the franchise side of it. But right now, our, our uh, craft beer store in Springfield, we've added a beer guard, an outdoor beer guard. Uh, which we've just, uh, uh, we're just putting the finishing touches and we have the grand opening of that on uh, uh, September 23rd. Um, and then we have a um, um, dance club, which is going on the lower level, uh, uh, Studio 54. It was a name that I picked up back when I bought my first uh nightclub there in Atlantic City um, and and kind of um, the craft beer store first floor level, which is 1,700 square feet of uh, uh, space, uh, is the chill. I, I And this all, all has come about in the last few weeks. So some oh, of wow. this is, uh, yeah, and it's, but it's coming out just as I'm um, uh, I mean, we just painted, we just closed the downstairs, which was an arcade, kind of like with little fun things to do. I, um, and so with the, uh, the dance studio, the dance studio by the day will flow out to the beer garden as well as by the night will flow out to the beer garden. There's yep. a soundproof. Uh, yep. 
I was going to say with the dance studio, you, are you talking about like people go there and they dance like for fun or dance as in like a dance studio learning how to dance? No, uh, for fun. Okay. I, I, a dance, dance club. Uh, yeah. And our, uh, it'll be called uh, backstage. And I, I wanted to uh, bring up about, um, um, you know, I, I, I like the concept of that. I like the concept of the, uh, uh, we put a, we put a bar and, uh, eight taps on the lower level. Oh, nice. Painted That's all right. the walls black, painted mm-hmm. all the ceilings black. And now we're trimming it out with a, uh, 50 bar stools around the perimeter with stage uh, uh, no high tops what we've done is uh, we have a the seating is around the entire perimeter there's a 12 inch 18 inch ledge for counter space uh, where you can charge your cell phone underneath and have your drink there's no eating on that level but you can we, we just are building these soundproof doors to keep the sound in the, in the uh, lower level. They go up to what I call the chill area or the craft beer store where we have a 14-seat happy hour bar and uh, seating for 40-plus with four tops and two tops for they can uh, take a break from the downstairs and come up and uh, have a beer, chill have or dine. Yeah. 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 Now, I'm going to move you into the beer garden because I know that you have like Oktoberfest is coming up. Fall is coming up. There's, you know, it's it's a prime time for us to like embrace the like last vestiges of the warm season um, as it's starting to cool down. So, you know, you're you're going to have your grand opening on September 23rd. So um, I'm assuming that that's going to be a big event. It is um, Oktoberfest. We're um, having it catered um, uh, by Schmitz Braha of uh, Philadelphia, um, bringing the um, Rottwurst and the uh, all of the um, Oktoberfest foods, um, as well as. Um, all of the imports and uh, beers that go with Oktoberfest will have the beer garden open, the uh, 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 the the upstairs taps going at the all thirty four hundred square feet, another fifteen hundred square feet in the beer garden, all f- with Oktoberfest uh, with uh, accordion um accordion player music singing along with Oktoberfest songs. Um and, and that begins at uh one o'clock. I think I got it right. One o'clock. With yeah. Oktoberfest um and you having that grand celebra- that grand opening for your bear garden celebration, uh are you continuing the the Oktoberfest? Because obviously with 40 plus beers on tap um on your in in your store, like that's a lot of beer to be able to celebrate with. <laughs> yeah, there'll be uh, a number of um, Oktoberfest specials that will introduce uh, imported beers, uh, mostly German beers. Uh, but we'll have all taps running, all taps running. That's um, that's very good. 
Now, will there be, because obviously you have food too, and I know that um, the menu is, you know, streamlined, but um, it, will you run specials like happy hour specials or, you know, any kind of like other events like where you incorporate, like, is it, can people bring their pets? Is it pet friendly too, or? We're pet friendly in our beer garden. Uh, we have an area complete with dog bowls. Uh, <laughs> we've had, even had a visitor with, uh, we, we have it, we have seating out there that brought their cat on a leash, but uh, oh. generally okay. uh, we're, we're pet friendly. Yeah. And in fact, I just saw, I was in Wilmington the other day there went to a place called the oyster house uh, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> as we're walking back to the car it, it was called wagger hour and, and it was a happy hour where everybody brought their dogs outdoors it was really cool so um uh, you know it was similar to what we have with the, you know they had the dog bowls out uh, it was pretty neat um um just to touch on the uh the the culinary side um every friday we have a uh, a, a chef that specializes in uh, southern barbecue Ooh. and it's just taken off we've actually had him uh, for the last uh, 20 weeks uh 18 weeks um uh, and <clears throat> i've decided um recently that I would like, I visited a restaurant at the uh, 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 film festival in Kane, and there was this restaurant that served the specialty of every restaurant in the area. And, and they, they uh, and, and I had this idea, but I'm not doing exactly what they did. Um, I thought it was so cool because you could, you know, you could have the, anything you wanted, all these specials from all of the, you know, from all over the city. But what I'm doing is um, I'm going to have um, five to seven chefs under the roof, um, like uh, Matt, who is the chef for uh, Meats and Meats, is what the company's called that I uh, contracted with every Friday. Um uh, I have another uh, where we're going to do uh, tacos, but we're going to have specialties of every um, just about, um, you know, working. This is a new project. This was just just decided a week ago. Uh, my, <laughs> my decision. <laughs> Actually, my son did 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 help. And, you know, he wanted to do the fresh cut meats. And I've been there. I've had the places where not the fresh cut, but we would do the. Uh, carving you know the roast beefs and so forth but he wanted to do kind of like a mike's uh you, you see the yeah the commercials no on the uh fresh cold cuts and that type of thing um for sandwiches um i'm not sure if we're going to mm -hmm. do that but I'm, i want to have Matthew? something that you cannot find anywhere which is, is very good. And I'll save that for another time, but we unfortunately ran out of time. So can you let our listeners know where to find you online and in person? Yes, we're at, um, our website is craftbeerspringfield.com. We are located in uh, Baltimore Pike, 35 Baltimore Pike in Springfield, Pennsylvania. Uh, we are right 
beside Red Lobster and in between Red Lobster and Raymar and Flanagan Furniture. And we have a 100-car parking in the rear. Love to have you. We have the best selection of craft beers, we believe, in the state. I have to agree with 42 or 40 plus uh, craft beers. But Matthew, thank you so much for joining us on the show. And I am I congratulate you ahead of time with your grand opening listeners by all means go check them out beforehand and definitely when they have the grand opening of their beer garden on september 23rd stay tuned for our next guest after this short break to become a sponsor of food farms and chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in philadelphia that play on tuesdays during drive time radio and on a station in new york on fridays at 1 p.m you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com i foodie2 at yahoo.com or arpolicus at gmail.com. Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. I am so happy to be able to introduce all of you to Michelle DiPietro (laughs) on Food Farms and Chefs. Michelle, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. No problem. Um, So I actually was introduced to you through a... um, an acquaintance, a friend of mine. And I was immediately like, I need to bring her on. She wrote a cookbook. She has, you know, a huge history in the culinary world. Um, But you started out as an accountant and then transitioned into the culinary world. What was that like making that decision? So, yeah. So I was a CPA. I was working for one of the big six firms, which was a really big deal for me and my family, you know, like going to, we grew up in South Jersey and got the big job in New York city after college. So that was kind of like a big deal. And I was so into it. You know, I was so into being an accounting major and studying for the CPA exam and doing all the business stuff. And, um, then when I actually started working in the field, I realized it's pretty, it didn't take me that long. I think I could maybe like a year and a half into it. It's yeah. like, I don't know if I'm really that into this. <laughs> like, this is okay. Like I'm good at it. I can do it. But like, I don't know. Like I would used to get the wall street journal because I thought I had to get the wall street journal, but I wasn't reading it. You know, people would, <laughs> people would come to visit me in Manhattan. I'd be like, let's go look at this really awesome specialty food market. Like they have the best Italian food, you know, like these are the things that I wanted to go see. So, but you don't go to a school like Georgetown and have all these student loans and then go back and tell your Italian American parents after a year and a half, like I'm going to go, I think I want to go to cooking school. Like that just was not a conversation I was ready to have when I was 20, what, 23. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of stuck it out for a little while longer. And then I realized like, Hey, I'm working for this big account, um, international firm. Let me see if I can work internationally with them. So long story short, I got a chance to work in Switzerland with them. And that was a life, I'm mentioning it because that was a life-defining experience for me. And that was really a couple of things made me realize how important food was to the culture of all Europeans and just how important it was to me. And it also like that whole experience of living abroad gave me the courage to come back to the States you know, have the conversation with my parents, quit my job, move back in with my parents at 27 and just say like, Hey, I'm going to go to cooking school. And I didn't, my, my calling was never restaurants. I knew I didn't want to work in restaurants. I actually thought I might want to open up an Italian specialty store and like combine my business background with food, you know? So I didn't do that, but I did end up in retail food, but no, it definitely was a big, big decision um, that I did not take lately. (laughs) I mean, it is a huge decision, but you know, you, I just going through your history and, and, um, researching what 
what you've done and what you're involved with still currently, um, you, you don't take things lightly. You're a very intelligent <laughs> person. Um, and you don't Thank do, you. you know, you go after something big, like you were the sal- salutarian of, um, your co- college when you graduated, like you've done a lot like big things. And I know that you're on the, uh, a board as well for, um, Italian, Enclaves, Italian, right. Yes. I'm no, right. I'm still involved with them. I'm not on the board right now, but yeah, I'm very involved in that and a couple of other organizations as well. <clears throat> Which is, you know, I, I say these things because you don't take things lightly. And the first job out, you worked for um, a large company. I not to, you know, give a nod to somebody, but Whole Foods. Um, oh yeah. You, yeah. And, I was there and a long time. You were. And mm-hmm. you've done a lot for them too. Like I, I reading up on you, you know, well, I don't want to talk about it. You can do <laughs> Like, yeah, I was actually there a long time. No, I, I, you know, it's funny when I went to work for Whole Foods, I was still in cooking school and I was living with my parents and all I had heard about was there was this store that was opening nearby that had a prepared foods department. And I was very interested in prepared foods. And this is before it was everywhere. So yeah. I knew nothing about the company and needed a part-time job for credits for school. So I got a part-time job there. And uh, was in operations in two different stores, you know, in South Jersey and in Philadelphia for about two and a half years. And then I moved into a corporate position and I was in a couple of different regions with them, but I, I very quickly kind of morphed into a new position or kind of created a new position for myself, which was something you could do back in Whole Foods back in the day, which was like a regional <laughs> R&D chef. You know, it turns out I had an affinity for recipe development and, and organizing culinary programs and all, all that kind of stuff. And I realized how right brain, left brain I am. I guess it's like the CPA in me, but also like this insane creativity when it comes to food. Yeah. And it worked out really well. And I and I loved working for them for so many years. I mean, I really, it was my dream job that then eventually took me back up to Manhattan, you know, 10 years yeah. after the day I left. And as somebody who in highly enjoys the the hot food buffets and whatnot that are in Whole Foods when I'm like on the go, I mean, I have to applaud you because I've never <laughs> gone there and not found something that I've enjoyed. That's and, great. And a nod to you as well, because I know that you were certified in plant-based nutrition as well. Yes. Um, my mother I actually is, forgot about that. <laughs> my mother's a, a vegetarian it's and she's very strict on that. So she enjoys food, um, from whole foods as well. Great. No, it was a great, it was a great run. You know, I was there for a long time. And then at some point I just realized, Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to retire here. I need to move on to something else. So I went to work for a small company, which was great. But then I got, you know, laid off 16 months later, which we all did. Cause it was one of these small like startups. Mm. And that's when I started my own consulting firm, which was back in gosh, 2015. Okay. 2015. And, and that's that, called, it's all about the food. Yes. And I mean, I'm sure you uh, gained a lot of like more experience and um, understanding of the culinary industry from doing that, because that's a whole different aspect. Among other things. <laughs> <laughs> being a, yeah, all of a sudden being an independent, like freelance consultant is definitely uh, a different, was very different from working for the same big company, you know, yeah. for 16 years. And, and it's a little bit of a scary step too, because, you know, having to put yourself out there and do all of the legwork behind the scenes and, you know, obviously like offering, um, the, the finished product and being able to deliver it. Like you really are just involved on so many aspects. Right. No, for Um, sure. Yeah. 
But given all of your history and all of the frequency of you rest, doing recipe development and, you know, your business end of, of things, you you then opened yourself up and started um, Mangia with Michelle. Yes. So I'm sure you and many of your listeners can understand that as an independent consultant, there are peaks and valleys in terms of how busy you are. You know, sometimes you're super busy and sometimes you've got nothing to do. And it was <laughs> it was one of those times when I had nothing to do when I was like, hmm, you know, just thought more about social media and being a little bit more strategic. And I was like, oh, you know, well, my, my personal passion has always been with anything and everything Italian. I am an Italian American grew up in a traditional Italian-American family in South Jersey. So, and I also have traveled to Italy a lot. So I always had this affinity and this love for Italian food and for home cooking and for dinner and for cooking for people. Even though I was a professional chef, I was also an avid home cook. So I started Maj with Michelle really as a way to just, as, as an expression of that love, but also as a way to grow a social media following that would maybe someday support my consulting practice, you know, if I were able to like start working with brands or whatnot. I mean, that's sort of what I was thinking loosely, but what I didn't realize is that, or I guess I didn't foresee, it took on a whole life of its own that I was never prepared for it. It didn't even take that long. And, and what I mean is it was unbelievable. Like all the people I started connecting with, whether it was people like on my side, like people like me, other bloggers, a lot of Italian Americans. I somehow <laughs> immediately Found became immersed, yeah, in the Italian American community because I was living in Manhattan at the time, so mostly New York based. But then it was all the people that I was, all the home cooks that I was connecting with, yeah. the people that were out there making my recipes and like saying to me, like, "Oh my gosh, this recipe has brought back this memory of Nona," or "I haven't, I've, I haven't had this in so many years. Thank you for this recipe. Now I can make it." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I actually really, really love this. And somewhere along, and of course, I'm still consulting. This is all going on as a hobby. But somewhere along the line, I realized my professional passion started to shift. And I was like, I'm not really that interested in food service anymore. Like, I really kind of want to explore this world of blogging and just continuing to grow Manja with Michelle as a proper business and a brand. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing, you know, um, since I started it. I started Manja with Michelle, I think it was late 2017. Okay. That was when I started the Instagram. That was when I started the social media account of Manja with Michelle. <laughs> a lot's happened since then. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely certain because otherwise I w we wouldn't have crossed paths. <laughs> um, now, I will say that I, I kind of spied some of your recipes and you have a cranberry because I, I made a cranberry sauce, homemade cranberry sauce at some point in time. And I thought yeah. I was being all sneaky and special because I was incorporating liquor in it. And I, I was like clicked on yours and I was like, ah, she did it too. <laughs> I, I like to call it my boozy cranberry sauce. Like I feel like booze, booze just has a place in cranberry sauce. So I it think, does. I think I have four or five recipes on my website and they all have booze. Yeah. You, know, you, I, can, you can leave the booze out if you want to, but why would you? you know? I, right. Well, I, I mean like sidebar for one second, I actually, this is how I started in on all of this is I started creating recipes from scratch and I posted them on Twitter of all things. And it garnered um, the attention or gained the attention of a local digital magazine. And they reached out to me and asked me to write recipes for them. And I said, okay. So that was like the first, well, first and second step of my building towards what, you know, having people interviewing individuals like yourself um, on That's the awesome. show. So yeah. Very cool. But yeah. But uh, so I did spy that. And 
a lot of my recipes also incorporated alcohol because that was kind of my thing. <laughs> so you and I can cook together. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so same culinary philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you honestly, I feel like when you incorporate the alcohol into it, like it, it it'll cook off obviously on the stove or in the oven. Right. Um, if you, you know, dose it, douse it with like a rum cake or something after it cooks, obviously you're going to get the, the right. alcohol. But um, cooking it in and rendering it down, you're not mm-hmm. gonna get hit like hit with the alcohol. You're oh gonna no! Get but that you're gonna get that flavor. Exactly. That acidity and that like savoriness, especially like, working with wine. You know, you get yeah. a, lot of, a lot from wine. I love I love putting wine in my gravies. Yeah. The, you said gravies. Well, <laughs> when I make gravy, I, sh- I meant like I make gravy gravy plural. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I love like a nice, um, red, like a Bordeaux or, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. yeah. So no, the, the Italian reds are the best in my opinion. Yeah. And, um, but I, I digress. I'm so sorry, but okay. <laughs> you have, uh, so many other th- things that are available, um, through that website. Cause it's, you know, your sauces, your pastas, uh, full entrees. And I'm um, continually adding to it. You know, I just added three new recipes last week. And um, I mean, the website's fairly new. It's like only about a year and a half old. And there was a big gap in there because I I moved from yeah. Manhattan to South Jersey and I kind of got involved in a lot of other things. And I'm still consulting, you know, also on the side. But the website is continuing to grow, you know, in leaps and bounds. So you'll see more and more coming out for me soon. And what I do like is you also incorporated a little pop-up of your book because you are yes. also an author. Yes. Um, Supified. So, yes. Tell our listeners about Supified. Sure. So Supified was my 2020 lockdown project. You know, <laughs> I was in Manhattan during that time of the uh, in the world's history with no outdoor space. And, you know, as someone who's in the food business, I've always wanted to write a cookbook, but I always let work and life get in the way. And, you know, I, I, I wrote this book. I started in April of 2020 and I... It, I released it in right after Thanksgiving of 2020, so November, and I self-published it. But I did not plan on having a actual printed cookbook. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I was like, oh, I'm going to do an ebook. Like maybe I'll do a dozen recipes. It's something I could eventually sell on my website. You know, well, like an idea for 12 recipes turned into like I don't know. I think I had it when I brainstormed. Well, when I brainstormed, oh, wow. I had over a hundred ideas, which I then oh, narrowed wow. down to like these are the best ones I'm going to put in the book, and. Still, I wasn't really thinking that it would be a printed cookbook, but then I learned about the whole print on demand option out there, which just made it so much easier for like a first time cookbook author who didn't know anything about self-publishing. So it made it a lot easier. So, but it's a book I'm very proud of. I love it. It's called Supified, Soups Inspired by Your Favorite Dishes. So it's a book where your very familiar recipes that everyone knows, like bacon cheeseburger and shrimp scampi and eggplant parm and twice baked potato are turned into a soup. So I tell people it's not the chicken pastinas of the world. Like these are hearty comfort food, you know, meal in one soups. And it was very au courant, you know? I mean, it was a time when people were cooking a lot more and people were like eating a lot more comfort food because it was 2020. (laughs) And um, that's that's my story of Supified. I definitely have ideas for like many, many more cookbooks, but it's amazing, you know, how much of a time and uh, financial drain it is to write a cookbook. Mm-hmm. So right now my focus is just continuing to, you know, to, to populate my website with, with Recipes. content, but I definitely want, I definitely want to do more cookbooks. I feel like I should be writing cookbooks, to be honest. I, I mean, loved it. 
with every every like door that that kind of opens for you you like learn you you peek through it figure out if you like doing it and obviously right. you like doing that so i do yeah it feels so good to connect with people out there who are who are interested in the recipes yeah it really really is it's like one of the best feelings in the world like that first text that i got from someone who was hold, it was a picture of a friend holding my cookbook i think i broke down in tears like, oh my God, someone actually bought my cookbook. <laughs> I I mean, the, the first picture that I saw, I think is the, the lasagna turned into a soup. And I mean, you could see like, it is not like for the faint of heart, you're not going to like <laughs> sit down and it's not like a super viscous uh, soup. It's, it's hearty. It's more stew-like. Yeah. It's, it's going to fill you up and, and really give you that, right. like that hug in a yeah. bowl. It actually, I think I described one of the, the, the soups actually as a, as a hug. So oh, you're really? absolutely, yeah, I can't remember which soup it is, but I'm pretty sure I described one of my soups as a hug from mom or grandma. <laughs> <laughs> See, we get along just well. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're definitely um, Kaisani. Exactly. So, um, with the cookbook, do you, do, are you going out and doing any book signings? Well, I would love to, I have a few folks that have approached me like from farmers markets and whatnot. So we're going to like recircle in the fall. I've done a few uh, upon request talks and book signings at like uh, private organizations, you know, Italian American organizations and things like that. And I, you know, yeah. So when the book was released, it was still, it was still like a pandemic. So nobody was doing any kind of book signings gotcha. and now it's been out a few years. So it's not as much the priority for me, but I, I'm definitely still interested in, in doing that. You know, I am going to be doing um, a live cooking demo at an upcoming festival called the Maryland Italian festival, which is the first that they're ever having it. They expect like 25,000 people. It's in um, Bel Air, Maryland. It's at the end of September. So they're going to have lot, like a whole cooking demo stage. So I'm doing a demonstration there. And then afterwards, there'll be like a small book signing as well. You? you know, um, so it's it's definitely an opportunity. You know, I we're going into entering into soup season. So anything is possible. <laughs> And I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't love soup and soup season. The fact that you're taking something and like you're taking classic cuisines that, you know, everybody knows and loves and you're turning it into a soup, like giving us a new way to enjoy it um, is is remarkable. So thank you. It's it's fun. The recipes are definitely fun. Yeah. And like one of them that I I would love to uh, tackle is your Reuben. Oh, that would be awesome. I have to be, I think that was one of the last recipes that I tackled to make, but I had this idea of it in my head and I had this idea of having buttery rye croutons and I just couldn't get out of my head. Like I've got to figure out how to make the soup. You know, I know it's a little weird. It's probably the weirdest one in the book, which is why I'm drawn to it, but it is actually really good. (laughs) It's delicious. You know? I mean, I could say that I love, I love every, they're like my babies. I love every recipe in that book. And as you should. Um, So unfortunately we are actually out of time. So uh, let our listeners know where they can find you online and where they can purchase the book. Thank you. Yeah. um, Well, you can find me at my website. That's really the hub and that's where everything is. It's manjawithmichelle.com. So manja is the word for eat in Italian. So it's M-A-N-G-I-A-W-I-T-H. M-I-C-H-E-L-E, 1L. So manjawithmichelle.com is where you can find all my recipes. Definitely sign up for my mailing list because I have uh, mailings twice a week with new recipes. 
And you can find Supified Soups inspired by your favorite dishes on Amazon or really anywhere online. And you can also, there's also a link to it on my website in case you forget what the name is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs, Michelle. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure. No problem. And you can be right back next week with uh, all of our brand new guests every single week on Food Farms and Chefs. To listen to the rest of Food Farms and Chefs, tune your HD radio to 97.5 WPEN HD2 or stream live from WWDBAM.com. 